Hello fellow DGENs, it's your host Mango here and welcome to another installment of DBF Weekly Review, where we highlight and analyze the past week's macro environment factors that impact crypto. We hope that you look forward to these episodes every Monday so you can listen to them on the way to work and start the week off filled with the brain juice needed to evaluate the crypto space yourself. Think of this podcast like that laid back crypto friend that you love to rant about your biggest wins or losses. Whether good or bad, we all end up happy in the end of it. Before going over this week's headlines, let's go over the Fear and Greed Index to measure the market sentiment. On August 6th, the Fear and Greed Index held steadily at 31 out of 100. The index showed little response to the BTC returns to $23,000 and the US non-farm payrolls numbers for July. While crypto market optimism delivered a 43.62 billion increase in total market cap, the US stats raised prospects for a hefty Fed rate hike in September. This likely contributed to the lack of movement in the index. For the Bitcoin bulls, the index needs to move back towards 40 and the neutral zone to deliver BTC support. On July 30th, the index had stood at 42 score to briefly border the neutral zone that starts at 46. Avoiding a return to sub 30 could prove BTC positive with an index move through to 46 likely to bring $30,000 into view. We'll look deeper into the price action of Bitcoin on my macro and BTC analysis. But for now, we can safely say that as the consumer sentiment is rising, the fear and greed index is also rising, which moves along with the price action of Bitcoin. In conclusion, the fear and greed index going up means that the price action of Bitcoin most likely will also rise. On the article version of this podcast, there is a nicely laid out chart that shows this conclusion. What events actually impacted the fear and greed index measurements? We'll go over that quickly. There are three key events to go over. According to technical analysis, the non-farm payrolls report on Friday caused the price of Bitcoin to decline from $24,600 to $22,400 at the beginning of August, according to Bitcoin.com. This is short-term bearish reports. As reported by CNBC, the Fed announced an interest rate increase of 0.75%. As a result, BTC price rose dramatically over 7% from $21,500 to $23,000 on the 28th of July. These reports are short-term bullish. According to Cointelegraph, Tesla, the second largest Bitcoin holding company, sold 75% of its Bitcoin holdings which were valued at $936 million in the second quarter of 2022. Irrelevant to the long-term future of crypto, but purely sentimental effects. However so, this still impacts the measurements of the Fear and Greed Index. Now to put things into a longer-term perspective, last month the Extreme Fear Zone was hit at a score of 18 and now we are at a score of 31 reaching last week a score of 42. Things seem to be looking up short term. Just to note, we were at an extreme fear zone for 72 consecutive days, which has never been done before. And now we are only at a score of 31. And now into the macro environment news. What we'll be covering this week? The weekly crypto numbers, July recap, winners and losers, platform exploits, hacks and mayhem. 
Crypto Studio launches a new crypto educational platform similar to ours, DGEN Brain Finance. The macro review, Bitcoin analysis, and that's it. Now, to get into the weekly crypto numbers, as of recording, August 6th, Bitcoin is up 3.22%, Ethereum is up 5.11%, and Crow is 6.03%. Nice one, Crow fam. A month in crypto feels like a year, but just like that, the month has concluded. So, let's have a look at the biggest winners and losers for July. Ethereum. Lanky Daddy Vitalik had a big month. They finally scheduled the Gorilla testnet. This is the final step before the merge. They had their biggest conference, the Ethic. Vitalik mentioned that Ethereum would be able to process 100,000 transactions per second by the end of its roadmap. Ethereum is up 56% on July's monthly close. Two thumbs up for you, Vitalik. The Bored Apes NFT game released a demo for the upcoming game and became the fastest NFT collection to reach 1 billion in sales volume. In terms of Web3 builders, over 90 companies have received 1.7 billion in funding this month. You can check out the report over in the article version of this podcast, labeled the Milk Road's latest funding reports on this podcast section. Now over to the biggest losers. Three Arrows Capital, Sutsu and Kyle Davis had a troublesome month. They lost billions in assets and went bankrupt. They bought a $50 million yacht while defaulting on loans. They refused to cooperate with shareholders while on the run. They didn't speak or even turn on their cameras during the legal Zoom calls. Not very smart decisions were made by these two, making Three Arrows Capital investors lose out on a lot of funds they might have needed or were tied to life savings. Next, platform exploits, hacks and mayhem. Nomad Bridge had been exploited for $190 million. People realized they could actually profit from this exploit themselves and decided to join in. And as of July 5th, they are offering a 10% bounty for returns of funds. Digging deeper into these points. Nomad is a crypto bridge, a tool that connects blockchain networks together. Bridges are a way for users to move tokens from one blockchain to another, say from Kronos to Polygon, hint hint. A little explanation how bridges work. Users deposit tokens and the bridge then generates an equivalent amount in wrapped form from the other end like wrapped ethereum wrapped tokens represent a claim on the original which are then traded on platforms other than the ones that they were made on so given the amount of total value logged inside bridges plus bugs making them weak to attacks they're known to be an attractive prey for exploiters nomad pleaded with the hackers to return the stolen funds to their crypto wallet and they so far recouped more than 20 million dollars which is great negotiation skills, I guess. So here's what the exploit actually was. Nomad's code allowed hackers to enter any value into the system and withdraw those funds, even if there weren't enough assets available to deposit. No high level programming skills were needed for this. So when it caught on, others decided to literally print free money. So essentially, Nomad funds quickly turned into an open buffet. And to add salt to injury, some people are looking to return the funds after realizing their wallets could be tracked back to them. The irony. 
now we'll talk about a new crypto educational platform, Crypto Studio. Recently, a new crypto platform launched aiming to help compare crypto lending platform and exchanges. They are offering 10 lessons providing podcasts and newsletters such as us. Since DGEN Brain Finance is all about educating our users, we thought it made sense to highlight this new platform to check out. So here's a short summary of their services. They review and compare the 84 leading crypto products and services, calculate your investment returns and lending yield with their DCA and yield planner, compare 177 crypto saving accounts with interest rates from 0.4 to 12%, and study 11 lessons and discover 39 books, podcasts, and newsletters. Personally thinking, I like the yield planner. You can use it to plan your crypto investments strategically, and the yield planner gives you three choices, fiat term deposits, crypto DCA, or dollar cost average, and crypto lending. If you are at all interested in this and want to learn more, then please check out CryptoStudios.com. It's time to dig deep into the macro environment updates. As the bear market rally drives higher, optimism again permeates the land with calls for new highs. Perhaps a bit of reality check on some macro and couple of charts perspectives are in order. Let's look at some job reports data. US adds 528,000 jobs in July as the market returns to pre-pandemic levels. People either talk about no recession or the Fed pivot being delayed, but this might not actually be the story. When you dig below the job reports, what you see is a lot of net loss in full-time jobs, a lot of part-time jobs, and a lot of second jobs. The reality is, inflation has now impacted real wage growth, which is now in the negative and pressuring consumers in a big way. TLDR Media narrates that the US isn't in a recession because people are getting jobs. Reality is, even with a second wage, growth is still negative. And the DGEN TLDR, money is still worth less now than it was last year. More jobs does not change that. There are indicators shown to the public by the Fed that the future inflation reports will show slowing. Not only does the US seem to think so, but the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee revealed even worse inflation and job reports figures and have been honest about their position hinting towards a one-year-long recession but with diminishing inflammatory data. Technicals on macro We are aware that this is a crypto-focused review, but trust me, it all relates back to the major blue-chip tokens within crypto. Something that you should be considering tracking apart from Bitcoin and Ethereum is the S&P 500 charts. They're all basically the same without going too deep into it. The SPY, SPX, or SP500. The reason why we say this is, there is a strong correlation between the S&P 500 and Bitcoin performance, which means they tend to move along with each other. And with more institutional money being injected into crypto, this means the movement may more strongly align in the future. With all the macro and market sentimental data shown, now it is a suitable time to talk with technicals. Earlier in May 2022, when the S&P 500 was at 4,100, it tried to recapture strength to the upside but failed to do so and slumped back down towards the 3,600 levels, which were the 2020 peaks of the year. And now, price action is trying to break out past 4,100 again, which would be a strong bullish indicator for the whole financial markets. 
Pairing this information with a likely recession but an increase of consumer confidence further indicates that the big players have priced in the negative Fed reports already. And I'd trust the big league players as they have a pretty good track record on how to analyze the macro environment and make money while doing so. TLDR, S&P 500 is looking bullish, even more so if it breaks above and retains the 4,100 levels, which is also positive for crypto as a whole. An increase in consumer spending means more willingness to invest into different asset classes. A rejection from these levels could increase the risk of a deeper correction and an extended bear market. And to really put this into degen terms, look at the S&P 500, look if we're above 4,100, and then pray for a moonshot. And a rejection of 4,100 means no more looking at your charts for the meantime. Well, probably. Now it's time for my favorite section, DGen Mango's Bitcoin analysis. But before we talk about Bitcoin's price movement for this week, I must advocate a serious message to all. Whether you are trading or just doing chart analysis, you must always be aware and prepare yourself for risk. That's why the key levels on this chart, no matter if you are right or wrong, are really important. Having to explain chart analysis on a podcast is rather difficult, so do bear with me. For a better visual representation of what I'm about to say, please check out this week's article. Measuring the price movement of Bitcoin from July 18th to today, there is a series of higher highs and higher lows, which is an indication of a bullish uptrend. To explain simply, we have been on a bullish uptrend since 51 days ago which sounds pretty promising, doesn't it? When looking at the Bitcoin chart and you map a line along the higher highs and the higher lows, you create an ascending regression channel. Now, this is quite significant. An ascending channel, which some chart analysts will interpret as bullish, they'll say you have a series of higher highs and higher lows, which I already said before is the recipe for an uptrend. Wow, if you guys didn't know that already, I bet you feel smarter already. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There is another way to interpret this particular pattern as bearish also, which is kind of confusing, I know, but hear me out. The school of thought is because there are a series of overlapping sections, this is a sign of an impulsive pattern, not a corrective pattern. In short, price is impulsively moving up due to an overreaction of a downward sell pressure and it is not an uptrend, which one can argue is what's been happening with Bitcoin as of recent events. Okay, I've explained to you the bullish case and the bearish case. So, which is it? Well, fellow traders and degens alike, that's where another hard lesson comes into play. You have to be comfortable with both interpretations. That's right. I understand some of you will hate to hear, but don't shoot the messenger for now. As a trader, you need to become comfortable with uncertainty. There is a fantastic book by former professional player Annie Duke, a very smart DGen. She wrote a book, Thinking in Bets, and it's all about calculating risks and probability. And here is a great summary from her book. We're all certainty seekers, and it's because of the way that we're wired. That being said, the more you can get comfortable with uncertainty, the better off you are. It's more accurate representation of the world. 
things aren't always going to work out. You can make the best decisions in the world and it can go awry. You can make the worst decision ever and it can go just fine. Number one is to stop thinking about things as right and wrong and black and white. And with that said, let's go back to the chart pattern of Bitcoin this week. All chart patterns can be interpreted in multiple ways, whether bullish, bearish or neutral. An ascending parallel channel can be seen in both directions, so let me help you with this. I'll give you two examples of an ascending channel breakout pattern. A breakout, here's the Bitcoin bearish scenario. You're gonna have to use your imagination here, DGen. Imagine price is on an uptrend, and then suddenly it just slumps back down and then you lose hope. But then it bounces back up. Price has not reached the peak of the wave and that's where you want to sell. So what do you do? In a higher time frame, you want to be looking at the latest dip and then measure from there if price is retesting that position and then being rejected, meaning it goes back down, it does not break back above that price point. Or in technical language, if price breaks down below support, usually there tends to be a small pullback to the channel breakout point and this is the retest. Fun fact, this formation is often seen so much it's gotten a name of kissing the trendline goodbye, which you can guess is kind of bearish. If price retests or goes back up towards the trend line or dips back below harshly, this increases the probability of seeing price movement towards the previous panic lows or the key supports. The key supports in this scenario could be the last dip before the uptrend occurred. So the bearish case in this point is price dipping back down below support, retesting the prior dip and then going back down, which increases the probability of price moving back towards the last key support. Now on to the bullish scenario, because as I said, there is no single way to interpret a chart. Every single chart is open to multiple interpretations. Here's the hard truth. If you think in life there is only one possible interpretation of things, then you do not believe in risk. And if you do not believe in risk, then be prepared to lose a lot of money in this game. Fight the internal thinking of certainty, embrace chaos, and be prepared. The bull case scenario in this case is if the opposite happens during the retest. Let's say price happens to break out of the channel and quickly goes back within this channel. Then this is a bullish pattern called a false break or a whipsaw. I think you get why it gets its name. If you ever see a false break, it's giving you important clues that the price could potentially go higher. Or in DGEN terms, price goes below support and quickly rises above support and there's a big spike in price. This indicates a continuation of a bullish pattern. In a nutshell, when you're dealing with a pattern like this, and if the price were to break below the channel, you need to be prepared for any possible scenario. Whether it's the bullish or bearish scenarios previously talked about, everything I just said is about 100% relevant to Bitcoin's recent price movement. Always be on the lookout for false breaks to the upside or retest rejections, which indicates price going back down towards key support. Okay, lesson is over. Let's get down to the numbers. If price makes a sustained break below the channel 
and 20,700. It could increase the downside risk significantly and we could see 17,700 again. As long as the price of Bitcoin can stay above the 21 daily moving average and within the channel, then bulls for now are in control. Phew, talk about leaving the best for last, am I right guys? And that concludes our episode. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We upload these episodes on a weekly basis on the Monday. So hopefully we'll see you back next week. Thank you very much.